Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Doing Good, where we celebrate those who are doing good. Doing Good is a 501c3 nonprofit which shares the stories of volunteers who are out there already making a difference. We highlight them to thank them and give them well-deserved recognition and also give their agencies visibility with you, the listeners. Doing Good is a nonprofit, so if you'd like to visit the website, get involved, or even donate, please visit www.doinggood.tv. Today's episode is part of a new season of this podcast. The new edition is an educational section where the guest informs you and me about his or her passions. Usually basic definitions, websites, or resources are provided. Therefore, this segment gives listeners opportunity to move forward with the information in the way they prefer. Now, to really begin the interview, Martin, would you please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and who you are? Oh, hey, Megan, thanks for having me. I'd be happy to do so. Uh, I am very humble to say I am a 615 guy. I was born and raised in Nashville and um, left here in 1990, a graduate of Hillwood High School and began a journey in the military that has spanned over 20 years, both active and reserve. But of course, that all was preceded by 47 fun months at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point in New York, about an hour from New York City. So that has definitely shaped me to live out the ideals of the academy, which are duty, honor, and country. And uh, as I sit here many years later, next year will be 30 years out of the academy, which is very humbling to say. But uh, I'm very, again, very pleased to say I'm a uh, four and a half, five-year Rotarian, uh, very active in our Rotary Club at Brentwood, Brentwood Morning and uh, enjoy partnering with other Rotary Clubs around the Mid-State. So um, there's just a couple of quick pieces about my background, but the best part of me is is my faith and certainly my family. My wife, Amy, will celebrate 12 years of marriage this summer. And then my lovely daughter, Emma Grace, and my crazy son, Elijah. So Emma Grace is 11 and Elijah is 8. So, And then the other members of our family are of the four-legged type. We have Duke and Henry are Great Danes, they're brothers, almost three years old. And then we have a little cockapoo is now the baby of the family, Grover. So uh, it's pretty crazy around, uh, we jokingly refer to our home as Fort Plumley. So it's pretty, pretty hectic most days, but yet very peaceful because there's a lot of love and a lot of joy as we, as we live our lives. So Beautifully said. I like that. I like that. Well, as you know, as we all know, we're here today to talk about uh, the passion that volunteering brings out in all of us. So sure. what started you with volunteering? How did you get started as a volunteer? Yes, that's a great question. I would probably trace it back to my days in scouting. Growing up, we ended up in Bellevue on the west side of Nashville, of course. And I was in Troop 624. We met at United, Bellevue United Methodist Church. And scouting, even today, is about really uh, serving others, serving your neighbor, serving your community, serving your place of faith, et cetera. And was very fortunate, although my father wasn't very important at the time in my life, very active in my life, there were a lot of dads of other scouts that were my role models and set great examples for me. And certainly community service was part of that. Um, As I touched on going to West Point and 
understanding being part of something larger than yourself and recognizing that being around great leaders inspires you to hopefully do great things for others. So scouting, West Point, and then uh, just growing up in a church. My uncle uh, is a former minister, and the church was very important in my life uh, growing up and very important in my life currently as well. And just seeing that it is about taking care of, of those sometimes they're less fortunate than you are in different seasons of their lives. So um, I would say those are probably some of the legs of my stool when it comes to service to others. That's great. Well, that helps us understand how you got involved. And then today, who do you volunteer for? Listen, North Tennessee, Metro Nashville, this region is is blessed in so many ways. And there's a lot of people serving uh, their little parts of the community, certain demographics, whatever the case may be. Um, but I will tell you that the, the non-for-profit that really stirs my soul is High Hopes Development Center in Franklin. High Hopes is really two operations under one roof. They have a, a preschool and a kindergarten where they integrate typically and atypically developing kids, which is, I believe, the way God intended it. And the other side is a clinic. And they have occupational therapy, physical therapy, feeding therapy, uh, speech therapy. And now they're in the midst of adding behavioral therapy, which I think will supplement and make those other types of therapy even more impactful and effective for those kids and certainly their families. So. I hopes has been around 35 plus years, give or take. Um, and I became acquainted or familiar with high hopes through my mom. My mom retired from the state of Tennessee. She was in vocational rehab in Franklin, ran their rehab, folk rehab center for 15 years. And she retired, started volunteering at high hopes. And so that exposed me to the great work being done there and really kind of jumped in the boat in 2018 joined their advisory board, volunteered at different events, et cetera. And now very blessed to have been the chair of the advisory board for coming up on two years. And uh, just, it's, it's a special place. And you've talked to moms and dads that have kids there. It, it, uh, it truly is angels among us. And that, that's not just the kids, that's the clinicians, that's the teachers, that's all the support staff there. Uh, it is really, um, it's just hard to put it into words until you go and tour it and see these folks in operation. I've toured the, the facility probably seven times now. And, and every time you see a, a new kid or a new staff member, a new teacher, and it just it melts your heart because they're doing tough work, important work that matters to, to families. So, And this is High Hopes in Franklin, Tennessee. High Hopes Development Center. Yeah, they actually serve kids and families from across about 20 counties. Uh, they've even had people driving in from Southern Tennessee, right on the border of Kentucky. And I think over the years, they've actually serviced families from Kentucky and Alabama. So their reach is impressive and they're, they're, they're going places. Their new executive director, Alan Long, is, is a special leader, servant leader, true man of God, and is really taking high hopes to that, that next level. And so myself and others are very excited to see where high hopes goes in the next three to five years. So exciting. So exciting. That's great for any nonprofit to be in that phase and, to just be looking forward to the future. Now, uh, what are some of the other nonprofits yeah. where you serve? Well, uh, through Rotary, right? Let me highlight Rotary, just my club. Rotary across North Tennessee, some great clubs plugging into many nonprofits. But my club, we're very involved with Tuscal Elementary in South Nashville. We, we go out there and read to the kids. We provide dictionaries and other books to the library. 
So that that's one of our main efforts. My Rotary Club, as well as Leadership Brentwood, is pretty tied into Tennessee Baptist Children's Home in Brentwood. And that's a special place for uh, kids that have got some challenges at home. Maybe it's not safe for them to be at home right now uh, for different reasons. Um, so that's a great, wonderful place for them to continue to get their education, be in a safe and structured environment. So big fan of Tennessee Baptist Children's Home. It served Brentwood and Williamson County for 100 plus years. Pretty cool place. Um, and then of late, we've really partnered a lot with our friends at One Generation Away. Their mission is to alleviate food poverty uh, in the, really in the Southeast. They've recently expanded into North Alabama, even down to Panama City, Florida, and they're doing great work. They continue to do these mobile food pantries in Waverly. You know, Waverly was severely impacted almost two years ago, and there are still people, families, individuals struggling just to make ends meet. And so it's, it's really rewarding to go there and serve that community and help, help bless them in, in a small way. Um, so th- there's just a few of the nonprofits that I've got some level of affiliation with. Um, I will highlight two more for you. Uh, Reboot Recovery, mental wellness is a severe challenge for this country today. And especially for our first responders and our military, whether they are currently serving, have served, maybe they're citizen soldiers like myself, but uh, Reboot Recovery does a wonderful job of helping people heal, heal their souls because trauma ultimately is an injury to your heart, mind, and soul. And so they understand that and they work with individuals and families to get them back on that road to not just recovery, but to success and get them back to sur- uh, not just surviving, but to thriving. So, Outstanding. Um, that's mm-hmm. that, that's a big fan of reboot and then Habitat for Humanity. Uh, I've got relationships both in Greater Nashville Habitat and then the Williamson Murray chapter led by Kim Randall. But Habitat's mission, I love their model. Kind of the phrase of a hand up, not a handout. Working with families, working with single moms, single parents to get them in a home, teach them the right way to manage their money, pay their mortgage, build their home, help others build their homes. It's just a wonderful way to teach people how to do things the right way and build those habits so they're successful for for their entire lives. Fantastic. And it sounds to me like all in all, you are engaged with those organizations that are about building people. And it's not just a handout, but a hand up in every single case. So that's incredible. And my guess is that you also serve in some capacity with your children's schools or even your place of worship. And, um, I think it's important for a lot of people to realize that those are places where you can and do serve as well. And Absolutely. frankly, a, a lot of people do that and they don't remember. Uh, give themselves yeah, credit just, for it. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. And we need uh, one of my passions is to get dads more involved in schools. And elementary school is kind of easy, middle school, maybe a little harder for different reasons. But uh, with a fifth grader and a second grader, yeah, I love plugging in their school and do what I can to support those efforts. Um, but I think it's also, like you said, important to serve at your house of your house of worship, your place of faith, because your kids and other, in my case, other men need to see men serving, giving up their time, making an effort to allow others to attend and worship and, and do their thing with their family. So it does take a village. We've all got to roll up our sleeves as our life allows to to get outside of our own little lives, our own little bubbles, and give back. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, for uh, 
our educational segment, because you serve with so many different um, agencies, I want to, I'll say, put in a little bit about time management. I'm sure people might wonder, how on earth do you work, family, live, eat, breathe, sleep, and do all of this other? So truly, how do you balance all of that? Uh, that's, a, that's a tough question. Some days, some weeks, you, you, you do pretty well. And some, some are challenging, right? And my wife understands my heart for service. And um, sometimes you have to say no. And it, it pains my soul to say no. But um, you sometimes have to make those tough decisions. But I, especially as my kids age, Emma Grace, she's 11. I want her to start going on some of these things. So she can really understand how blessed she is and how good her life is and can be. But it starts with right living out the the two most important commandments: loving God and loving others. And um, if you're not serving people, in my humble opinion, you're not loving others, right? And if you mm. like it says in the Bible, "Too much is given, much is required." And listen, if you live in Greater Nashville, you are blessed. Right, you're doing better than 95 percent of the world. One night a week, you can you can go on five hours sleep. Right, get up Saturday morning and go, go work at your church. Go work with the Boy Scouts. Go do something. Right, I don't know. Once a month, once a quarter, can you do something to, uh, to, to just to serve others? It matters, right? Because it's not always about helping the others. Ultimately, you get joy and peace for serving because you again you forget your own problems for a minute, right? And you recognize, hey, I'm, I'm I'm doing okay, right? I'm actually doing pretty good. So that reality check, that perspective can can really bring peace for hopefully days and weeks. That's so true. Well, and to further go into this educational side of it, are there any terms associated with any of these that you think Mike could use some, some explanation right now? Hmm. It's a good question. Um, like you did speak about reboot recovery, yeah, and the mental health that it addresses. Sure. Um, are there terms that you have found through your service that people just don't understand, or that everybody thinks they understand, but everybody's actually got a different understanding? Yeah, I'm going to answer your question. I think partially. Um, Someone in my inner, you know, my closest circle attempted suicide seven and a half years ago. So that's the main reason why mental wellness matters. And I've got other members of my family that have battled OCD and, and depression and other things. Um, in fact, the person that led me to Christ when I was 13 uh, had to be committed to a psych hospital a couple of years ago. And that was one of the toughest things to do in life. But but, but if you truly love someone, you, you got to be okay with them cursing you for a season because uh, likely you're saving their life. And so that's where I think we've all got to be a little more courageous and a little more willing to be uncomfortable. Because if someone is struggling, man, we got to walk with them. We got to talk with them. We got to spend time with them. And that may be an all nighter, right? You don't know what that looks like. Um, so, so, uh, if you're not familiar with QPR, everyone knows CPR, right? If I have a heart attack, please give me CPR, mouth to mouth, chest thrust, <laughs> the whole deal. Well, QPR is really CPR for the mind, you know, the mind, the heart, the soul. Question, persuade, refer. 
to his credit, Dr. Ken Moore, Mayor Franklin, this mental illness is one of his uh, hot button topics. And Mindy Tate at Franklin tomorrow and others have become master trainers. And they, they hold these classes about quarterly to educate the community, educate leaders on how to keep an eye on people and really gauge and check in how they're doing. Um, and, and sometimes that can be the difference, right? Uh, smiling at people, saying hi to people, just asking. Like I asked a lady at Walmart the other day. I'm like, Dolores, how you doing? She goes, do you really want to know? I'm like, yeah, I do. I wouldn't ask if I didn't want to know. And she told me and she laid out some stuff, complete stranger. I said, friend, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to have people in my small group pray for you because it sounds like you've got some good things in your life and sound like you got some challenges, but let's be grateful for the blessings and let's pray in some relief on the challenges. So, um, I think people, we all want to feel respected and appreciated and acknowledged. And I just feel like in this day and age of a lot of division and all this discourse and social media, and it's like, man, get over yourself. Just you know, love others. Be kind. Be nice. Right? It's not hard. Just smile and say hi. Let's start there. That's perfect. And you know what? That also underscores the the importance that it's not always about the website or a place. It's about each other. It's about each human reaching out and helping the next, whether you know them already or not on a personal level, and such as D- Dolores. Boy, did she luck out when you walked by her. That was great. Wow. Uh, so... Yeah, I think just focusing on each other is what's missed so much in this world as we become so much more technology. Uh, and I'll say high tech. We also need to become more and more high touch. So that's right. Um, well, well, if I may, super quick, I just literally 30 minutes ago spoke with a dad who lost his child six weeks ago. And I'm not going to tell you who, because it's already online, but it's not my business to share all that. But something Jason shared with me was this. He says, Martin, my life will never be the same because I lost my daughter. But I will say this, the comfort and the love and the grace and the peace I've gotten from growing my intimacy intimacy with God, you know, my heavenly father, because my wife and I don't want to lose that. And you hate to see a tragedy take you to that better place spiritually and in your faith walk. He goes, man, that's, if there's only one blessing to come out of this, that's probably top of the list. And his daughter was an organ donor. His daughter was a strong Christian, even, you know, under the age of 18. And you step back and you go, Hey, good can kind of come out of evil, but we've got to be open to it. We've got to be receptive to it. Wow. Right. Well, it sure sounds like you've been there for a lot of people on an individual level and as friends or as I'll say passers-by, but um, would you be willing to share a story with us about uh, as you volunteered, the impact that you saw that you were able to make on somebody else's life? Mm, that's, a, that's a tough one because sometimes you do these events and you, you don't always see the after effects, right? Um, I mean, recently, I went to Waverly for the first time with one generation, one generation away, Chris and Elaine Whitney. They're in Franklin, great nonprofit, as I've already touched on a little bit. But we probably had 35, 40 different Rotarians from all over Williamson County. And I think some even other counties showed up. 
But one gen away in our volunteer force, we serve maybe like 300 families in about 75 minutes. Just a very efficient, methodical process of serving these families, getting them the, you know, boxes of food, but still taking the time to talk to these folks. And I, right, I prayed with one lady, Connie, and I mean, that was, that was pretty cool. I didn't expect that, but she asked for or asked if I could pray. She said, yes, we prayed on the spot. So again, you can, you can bless others that meet their physical needs, but we still need to take the time to treat them with empathy and with respect and just ask them simple questions and people want to talk, right? If you've had a rough day, rough week, rough year, man, you want, you want somebody to smile at you and someone to give you a, a joke or a, little ray of sunshine. So it, it matters, right? It absolutely matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it matters to them, but also are the, are there any examples or stories you could share with us of when it struck you? It probably might've touched you more so than the person you were serving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, gosh, I'm just, I'm just trying, trying to think, trying to think. Um, now this goes back a ways, but, to 2005, I went on a mission trip with my uncle to Kosovo. Had never been to Kosovo. Obviously, a very American-friendly nation, right? A former uh, armed out, you know, one of the former as part of Yugoslavia and the Slavic republics and all of that. But uh, a nation that was Muslim for the most part. But just to see their appreciation for Americans and getting to know them and we just would go out and talk to people and we would go visit families and invite them to church and all those things. But um, that's the first time I'd ever been on a, a global or international mission trip. And I, I look forward to doing more of that as I age, right? My army career, I've got to kind of wind that down to give myself that capacity, but that's something I'm excited to do with my family, but certainly my, my daughter, because she seems to have a servant's heart and that is pretty cool. First, she's a firstborn and she's a lot like her mama. She's crazy like her dad, but just to see that heart and how she wants to bless her friends and, and she's very thoughtful that, that tells me that maybe doing a little something right. We've got to, we've got to teach the next generation, uh, you know, what love is, right? Love does. Well, that's, I told somebody that story today at a lunch. If you haven't read Love Does by Bob Goff, it will it will rock your faith in a good way. It will hopefully be a springboard that gets you to do more. Um, so that's a, that's a, if I was going to recommend one book to your listeners and to your audience, Megan, I would say Love Does is a it was a game changer for me. Amazing! That's a, I had not heard of that, and I'm glad I have. I will look into it for sure. Well, are there other? Um, I'll say final thoughts you have. Is there any sort of advice you would give or a message you want to be sure to leave the listeners with today? I will say this. There are so many ways to serve. It's nice to write a check. I'm never going to knock anyone for writing a check. Writing a check's a good thing. But as we've touched on, I think it is so important to be physically present. And you can go... There's, there's nonprofits that say, hey, show up for an hour and help us pack boxes or load a truck or whatever. Sometimes it's two hours, right? Sometimes you find out, you go there, you're thinking, man, I'm going to be here two hours. That's all I've got. 
Then you meet some people. Next thing you know, four hours have passed. You're going, whoa, 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 what happened? It's because guess what? You forgot about your own life for a second. And so I just tell people, look around. Man, if you, if you don't know any good nonprofits, call me. I, I'll give you 50. <laughs> I mean, I've touched on a few, but there's, there's many more that I know enough about. Like one, uh, a good friend of mine, Mark McFerrin, just became the chief development officer at Barefoot Republic. You talk about a cool mission, a cool organization. Uh, they're out there serving kids from you know, different parts of North Tennessee and Southern Kentucky. And they're teaching people how to love like Jesus and to love others well. And they're pulling in kids of all colors, shapes, sizes, backgrounds, doesn't matter. Like, hey, you want to come to our camp? Let's go. We'll get you there. If you got 25 bucks for a full week camp, that's great. We'll, we'll, find, some, we'll find a scholarship for you. So that's one I, I, I just forgot to even touch on. Uh, I went to Hillwood High School with Tommy Rose, who's the founder and CEO. So uh, that's, I think that's been in my history too long. <laughs> but, but in closing, I definitely would say, hey, check out Barefoot Republic. They, they, that is a cool organization. If you love middle school and high school kids, man, that, that may be one of the best channels out there to get them plugged in and get them uh, on their faith wall. That's terrific. And that also reminds every one of us to ask people to talk with family, friends, even if they are distant, to ask what agencies they're involved with and who they suggest serving or how do they serve so that, you know, we can each learn about local opportunities open to each of us um, or that are possibilities even. That's all we need sometimes. Yeah. I, I mean, I probably have a little ADHD myself and that's probably why I enjoy working with different organizations. But hey, some people want to plug into one organization and just pour their heart, mind, and soul and their money and their time and their effort and their sweat equity. That's awesome, right? Pick one and that can become almost like another child for you, right? Just another family, another circle. And that's awesome. It's just, again, just encourage people to get out there and and uh, just like my buddy Chris Whitney and One Gen Away, he wrote a book a few years ago called The Dirty Church. And uh, the church today, many churches uh, are pretty. And have great programs, great music, and that's all well and good. But the church I'll read about going back to the days following the death of Jesus, it was it wasn't always pretty. It was the broken, it was the it was the lame, it was the poor, and they took care of each other. And man, if we could go back to the early days of the church and live that out in America and around the world, man, we'll uh, we'll solve may not solve all of our problems, but we'll solve solve a lot of them be a different world. And thank you for inspiring us that way, Martin. I so appreciate you sharing your time and and just experiences with us. And thank you to today's listeners. I look forward to connecting with you in another podcast episode. In the meantime, I hope you will we will see you online at Doing Good TV on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram, or even our YouTube channel or LinkedIn profile. Until then, keep celebrating those who are doing good.